0: We are beginning a new Mishnah on Chavav um, Beis 26B, which will continue on to Chav Zion um, Aleph 27A. We are in the Art School 26B2, beginning the new Mishnah. We have two weeks, two pages left until we complete the second chapter, which is exciting. And then we'll begin a new Perik, a new chapter on in two weeks from now of the third Perik, the third chapter. This Mishnah uh, returns back to a discussion that we've had in the past in this second chapter, in the second parak, about uh, when is it that we assume that a woman who's taken into captivity, that uh, there's concern that she was essentially raped. Um, and uh, there are different forms, As just a quick introduction, there are different forms of being taken into captivity. So the classic case that we've been discussing until now is just... Uh, you were taken into captivity because uh, – by people who just uh, basically kidnap you um, and demand money in exchange or some some demand that they have in exchange for that. And so they really don't care about you um, and so therefore there's concern uh, that there is, that she was raped. What's the difference whether or not she was raped? First of all, it's terrible. But uh, from a halachic perspective, it's uh, – she's forbidden to marry a Kohen. Um, so she wouldn't be allowed to marry a because we're very concerned for that We the Mishnah now discusses two other forms of being taken into captivity so the Mishnah says as follows if you have a woman who was um, imprisoned it's not really taken into captivity but they're put into prison why are they put into prison uh, because of monetary reasons because either she owes them money or her husband owes them money And so they're basically using her um, for essentially uh, as collateral, as as a form of making sure that they get paid. So in such a scenario, uh, we do not assume anything happened. Uh, We assume that they will uh, not do anything to her. They want to make sure that they get their money and so therefore they are scared of losing their money, uh, that they're going to lose that on this opportunity to receive the money that they are actually owed. They're actually owed money. Uh, and so, therefore, they're not going to do anything to her. So, she's she's allowed to stay married to her husband, even if her husband is a Kohen. She's allowed to stay married to her husband, because we are not concerned for anything. We're not concerned for rape. However, if she's taken into captivity uh, for a capital crime... Uh, so, Rashi explains here that she will be she's deserving of the death penalty, and so, therefore, they put her in prison because she's deserving of the death penalty... Alternatively, it could be the Gemara explains other cases where uh, she's put into captivity because she's put into prison because her husband is deserving of the death penalty. Not necessarily her, but her husband. Rashi on the Mishnah says that she is deserving of the death penalty. Uh, So then let's say somehow she gets out of it. So then we say that she is forbidden to her husband. Now, which husband are we referring to here? The Gemara does not explain. There is a big discussion amongst the commentators. Who are we talking about here? Who is she married to? So, according to some, she's married to a Cohen. The concern here is the same concern that we have when she is uh, captured uh, for for no reason other than the fact that they're making certain demands. Uh, but it wasn't uh, uh, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be that she was said she was captured. Uh, it wasn't uh, the legal uh, rule. Um, that, that she should be taken... Uh, it's not a prison, but she's taken as a captive. So then in that case, we're concerned that she's raped, that they're gonna, they're, they are going—they don't care about her in any sh- shape, way, or form, and so therefore we're concerned that she'll be raped. And in this case, too, according to some of the commentators, including the Rambam, Maimonides, the concern is that uh, she's going to be raped, and therefore she's not allowed to stay married to her husband, who is a Kohen, specifically a husband who is a Kohen. Uh, and that's the explanation, according to some. However... There are others, including the commentators on the page itself, Rashi and Tosvos. They are of the opinion that uh, when we talk about a husband here, it's even referring to her husband who is a Yisrael, who is not a Kohen. What would that look like? What does that mean? It means that there's concern any time that she commits adultery, so then they're not allowed to stay married to a Yisrael. If it's done willingly, she is not allowed to stay married to her husband. Okay, so what's happening in this case? Why are we concerned in this case? Uh, so this this case is really then different than a case of where she's taken into captivity. If she's taken into captivity, so then the concern here, she has no interest uh, in, in doing anything with uh, her captors. And so the concern is just about rape there. In this case, she's forbidden not just to a Kohen, but to her own husband because there's concern that she's doing it willingly. Why would she do it willingly? So Tosas, we're, we're working here with Tosas. Tosas explains that she'll do it willingly because she's right now deserving, let's say, of the death penalty. She committed a capital crime. She's put into prison and she's deserving of the death penalty. And so she's basically trying to get out of it. She's trying to get out of it. And so therefore she will willingly, uh, actively, on her own, uh, try to seduce the people in charge. So that she gets out of her capital crime, so that she gets out of the death penalty. Now, this is, this is interesting, meaning even in this case, she would be forbidden to her husband. Now, why is that? Why would she be for, be forbidden to her husband? So, um, it, meaning, is she allowed to do this? Is she not allowed to do this? So, uh, we know that, uh, you're not, there's the big three, that there's, uh, you have to give up your life for the big three, included in the big three are, Adultery, idolatry, and murder. So she cannot do this in order to save her life. However, there's a big discussion in a regular case where, let's say she's, there's a, there's a a gun put to her head and she has to, they're telling her that she has to commit adultery. So she's not supposed to. She has to give up her life for that. It's one of the big three. However, let's say she does go through with it. Uh, so then we say that, uh, the classic understanding is that she's still allowed to stay with her husband because uh, it's basically a form of rape that she's being forced into it, even though the Torah tells us that she has to give up her life, but she's being forced into it so she could stay married to her husband. Um, in this case, so one could make the claim that because she is initiating, so therefore, even though, um, because, because she's initiating, so therefore she is, um, creating a form of mered, She's still, she's initiating. It's not, uh, not being forced upon her. And so therefore, she's rebelling sort of against her husband. And therefore, she's forbidden to her husband. Uh, alternatively, something similar is that because she's being proactive here, so then because she's being proactive, so therefore, uh, this is something which is not being forced upon her necessarily. This is not something forced upon her. She's doing this proactively to get out of the, uh, capital crime. And so because she's being proactive, so, therefore, she's also forbidden to her husband. But either way, it's a, it's a very interesting discussion that, according to Tosvos, uh, she would, in fact, be forbidden to her husband because she's being proactive. However way you want to explain it, she's being proactive. And so, therefore, um, even though she's, she's trying to save her life, uh, she would be forbidden to her husband, even if her husband is Israel. According to other commentators, including Maimonides, the Rambam, he's of the opinion that, no, in such a case, she would still be permissible to her husband, potentially – potentially uh, but what the Rambam clearly states is that the case that we're discussing here is a kohen because the concern here is not that she'll be doing it willingly but that she will be raped uh that she will be raped and therefore she in that, that case she will be forbidden to her husband who is a kohen but not to a non kohen okay that is the mishnah let's see the gemara uh the gemara starts off with the following the gemara says Rav says essentially. Rav says as follows: He says that the entire Mishnah, the beginning of the Mishnah, which says that if it's just a monetary issue, that the, she's basically taken as collateral for, because uh, there's a monetary issue, so we assume that. She is, uh, she's not raped even though she's put into prison and in control by, uh, by others, by non-Jewish. Other people are in control of, of that situation. We do not assume that she was raped. So Rav says this is only true if uh, the Jews are in control of the government. They're in control of that land. But if non-Jews are in control of that land, so then uh, they're not scared uh, of the government. And therefore we are concerned that anything could, could happen to them. So anything could happen to them, and then even if it's a monetary issue, she's still forbidden to her husband, who is a Kohen. Everybody agrees. In this case, we're discussing specifically a case where her husband is a Kohen, because we are concerned for uh, for her, her being raped. Um, so that's the statement of Rav. The Gemara now will have three different versions of essentially the same thing. Essentially the same thing. One will be asked as a question. One will be asked as a potential proof. One time will be asked as a contradiction. Uh, an initial contradiction, but it's basically coming to the same point. They're basically going to ask from the following, uh, from the following Mishnah. So let's see the question. It's first uh, addressed as a question. Masav Rava. Masav Rava. Rava asks as follows. We have the following case. There's a certain case of uh, a Jewish girl who was um, basically taken as security for a debt She was. They took her as security for a debt in in Ashkelon. Which uh, the the main reason for this is that it's in Ashkelon, and at that time, or it's a land which was controlled by, not by the Jews, but by non Jews. That's the main point. Why we say Ashkelon. What happened? Basically, her family distanced herself. Her family were Kohanim. She was a family of Kohanim, and out of concern that she was raped. So therefore, there was this concern, and therefore she would be uh, disqualified from being married to a Cohen. So they distanced themselves from her. But what ended up happening? However, there are witnesses that essentially say that, no, nothing happened, she wasn't raped. We have witnesses that say that she wasn't secluded, she wasn't raped. Essentially, we're discussing a case here that commentators point out where these are invalid uh, witnesses. These are witnesses who in general cannot testify, and they were the ones who said that she was taken as security. That's why the family said, you know what, there's there's this real concern that something happened to her, that she was raped. Uh, but these same witnesses who are really not valid witnesses, they also said, but nothing happened. You should know nothing happened. So the Chachamim, the, the, the sages, the majority, they said that you know what let's believe them why should we believe them because they were this is the same concept that we've had in the past Peshazzar or pesha hitter. it was the same people that told us that she was taken into, uh, as uh, security that those same people also told us that nothing happened to her so therefore we should believe them through and through and therefore she could stay married to her husband who is a Kohen uh, so we have to believe them through and through the point is though that if it wasn't for these witnesses we would assume that something did happen even though this is a monetary issue. This is a monetary issue and they ask it as a question as follows. They say that uh, this is a case of where the idolaters, where not really, the non-Jews are in charge and we therefore, we assume that she was raped. But what's the case where we assume that she was raped? It sounds like it was specifically if uh, she was she was pledged she was, court she was taken as collateral when she's taken as collateral there is more of a concern uh, for rape because it, it was just assumed that she just becomes the, uh, the you know the property uh, God forbid uh, but they, it was assumed that she becomes the, the, the property of the people that took her because this was all part of the deal so therefore there's greater concern that she was raped the implication is that was what the story was so therefore the implication is but let's say it wasn't a case where she was taken as a security and that was the whole deal to begin with but she was put in prison so when she's put in prison so them, therefore it's against her will it's not part of the deal therefore in such a case even if the non-Jews are in charge we're not concerned for rape only in that case where it was security that was the deal to begin with we're concerned for rape but it's asked as a question. But if it wasn't that case, but if she just put him to prison, and she's not going to make herself. Um, it's not just assumed that she's just uh, property to the uh, to the collectors. Uh, but she's put into prison. So therefore, we're not concerned for rape, even though the non Jews are in charge of the government in Ashkelon. So that's a question. And Rav, Rav said that. The only time that we're not that uh, we don't assume or we're not concerned that anything happened in terms of rape is when the, it's a Jewish government in charge. But when it's a non-Jewish government, so then we are concerned. But we have this case here where it's a non-Jewish government, and we're concerned in a case where this was the plan to begin with—that this would be viewed as security. But if it was just prison, then we're not concerned. So it, it's a question on Rab. It sounds like even when the non-Jews are in charge, we're not concerned. think our answer is no. They get answers. No, it's just that happened to be the case. That was the story. It was it was a historical story. So that's why they discuss a case where it's uh, she's she's taken as security for security measures uh, as as security for to receive payment, and that was the deal to begin with. But the same law would apply if she was put into prison. That we would also be concerned uh, for rape if the non Jewish government is in charge the Gemara will have the same thing in two different ways asking the same thing in two different ways so let's see this uh, quickly there are those who have the following version that it's bringing this as a proof why we're on 27A1 in the article of Gemara in the first column in the same case we, have, we bring the same Mishnah we have this case where this Jewish girl was pledged to uh, the the collectors uh, in Ashkelon, and this is the proof. The question is now it's being used as a proof in this version to say that oh, whether it's viewed as uh, a deal from the beginning, and, and this girl was pledged. To the adulterer, to the, to the captors, sorry, to the collectors, uh, so, there's this concern. If it wasn't for the fact that there were witnesses who said that nothing happened, there's this concern that she was raped. So the same thing should apply also if she's put into prison. It wasn't part of the deal, but she was put into prison. We should have the same concern. So this is a, really a proof to rob. Ra, to this is not just a statement by a rabbi from the days of the Gemara. We have a Mishnah who brings proof to this. So in this version, it says, no, Who are not shiny, no, um, uh, you can't bring proof because maybe it was limited to a case where uh, she was pledged to begin with, and by their law, she's viewed as property, um, and therefore there's concern that she was raped. But it was a case where she was put into prison and that wasn't uh, the deal to begin with, so then perhaps, perhaps, it's not just – we don't know, but it's not the point is that it's not a proof. Perhaps um, we would not assume that and be concerned that she was raped. That's version number two. And finally, version number three, It's just posed as a contradiction originally before Rav's statement. Our Mishnah says that she's allowed to stay married to her husband when uh, she put, is put into prison for monetary issues, but we have the other Mishnah, that in that Mishnah implies that if we didn't have witnesses to say that she was not never secluded, so then... Uh, we would be concerned. So there's a contradiction between our Mishnah and that Mishnah. Our Mishnah says there is a concern. Uh, sorry, that there is no concern. That Mishnah says there is a concern. And they, and according to this last version, the answer is Rav. There's a difference whether or not Jews are in control of the government or not. If Jews are in control of the government, so then we're not concerned for rape because they they're they're fearful of the government. And if non-Jews are in control of the government, so then we are concerned for rape when she is put into prison. Okay, that is the end of that part of the Gemara. We have a few more lines till the next Mishnah. So we're gonna. This is uh, in one class here. We're doing the Mishnah and the entire commentary of the Gemara. The end of the Mishnah said we've been dealing with now at the beginning of the Mishnah, which is discussing a case of where she's put into prison for monetary issues. The end of the Mishnah said that if she's put into prison for capital crime, so again Rashi said on the Mishnah. It's where she is deserving of the death penalty. The Gemara gives other cases where her husband is deserving of the death penalty. The wives of thieves, that these thieves, the husbands, are, are deserving of the death penalty. The wives are then taken as uh, as property, essentially. The wives and their possessions are taken away. Uh, that's Rav. Levi says, no, it's kigon Ishil Ben Dunai. It's not referring to, that. that's not what would happen with the wives of thieves, the wives of murderers, that's what would happen in, in these governments, that the murderers would get the death penalty and then their wives would then be uh, uh, taken as, essentially as property uh, by the people in charge. So those are those are when we're concerned that uh, something will happen. Um, and furthermore, there's another dispute. Amr Chizki says, This only applies in a case where the husbands were actually sentenced to death. But if there wasn't actually a verdict yet, so then we don't assume anything happened to their wives, even though their wives are taken into uh prison by that point in time. Rebiyotan <inaudible> 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 argues and says, no, as long as they're taken into prison, even if the sentence to death was not actually uh, decided yet, uh, these women are still taken into, once they're taken into prison, so then they become forbidden to their husbands, because this is a case where it's not a monetary issue, this is, a concern for because of the death, either in, in the Gemara's cases, the death of uh, of the husband, the husband deserving of the death penalty. So therefore, we're concerned that um, anything will happen to these to these women. Okay, those are the cases of of a capital crime. That's the end of that Mishnah. The coming Mishnah, the next Mishnah on Twenty Seven A, discusses other cases where are we concerned? Different scenarios where we're concerned for a potential. Uh, Rape. Okay, we'll see that in the next recording.